0: Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Hard Talk Radio. Flu season out. And uh, I've been trying to get through this live as best as I can. All right. That's what I'm trying to do here. All right. So let's get in with this story right here. All right. Accused killer formally charged... After allegedly throwing toddler from bridge and shooting pregnant girlfriend, Baton Rouge, a man suspected of killing his girlfriend who was pregnant with his child at the time, will go to trial to face murder and felicide charges. He also accused of killing the woman's two year old son. On Thursday, a grand jury charged 20 year old 20 Bryna Murphy in the killing of Kaylin Johnson, her son Caden, and her unborn child. He faces two counts of first degree murder the charge of first degree feticide Murphy allegedly shot Johnson to death After getting in an argument with the 24 year old After the killing Police say Murphy dumped her body Along Burbank Drive And tossed the 2 year old boy Over the side of the bridge Along Central Thurway Murphy initially booked in East Baton Rouge Currently being held in West Baton Rouge Jail Where he is Moved for his own safety See, I don't you, you know, you already have a two year old, right? And you decide to go knock up, get knocked up again by another dude. When you should be worrying about your child. Okay. And this is the nonsense that goes on in the black community. All right. And then you wonder why you have people coming after single mothers and getting on their case in the black community. Because they're tired of seeing these stories. They're tired of having these stories happen in their families. And they really can't speak out because if they do speak out and tell what's really the truth, they'll be blacklisted from the family. They'll be known as the black sheep or your hating or your victim blaming no <clears throat> The reality is Is this mother Had a two year old son to take care of And she should have been taking care of that son That should have been her focus Until that son became an adult Alright That was should have been the focus But unfortunately when you say that Again you're looked upon as you're hating Like we're supposed to come together for sympathy And not check or talk about what really was the issue here So it doesn't happen again And it happens again and again and again And in the black community it's never dealt with Not even in black churches We need to start talking about these single mothers We need to start talking about if you have a young child already, dating is off the menu. You need to focus on raising that child. And don't, where the problem is, they fear that collection plate. They fear the butthurt feelings of the family and the congregation, mainly mo- made up of women, black feminist women, hard headed women, silly women who don't want to hear no instruction but when things go the wrong way and they feel the brunt of it they cry victim after a while you get tired of that i mean imagine a man have multiple baby mamas he doesn't get no mercy he gets the upright truth he gets corrected he gets checked but for the black woman for some reason Okay, for any single mother period, when you bring out the truth and you try to correct them, so you could not only—it's um, not about bashing; it's about saving their lives because they don't know the next man they—they they get with, that person could delete them. You're looked upon as an enemy, as a woman hater. Okay, and unfortunately, this is this is something that will never stop. All right, and even in. You know, the black community, it's celebrated, especially when it comes to this type of nonsense right here that I'm going to show you. Right here. Hold on one minute. About to show you this right here.
1: You are trying to find your
0: mama man? Yes,
2: yeah, so so she so he can take care of me and my mom.
1: So he can take care of you and your mother. Mm-hmm. Well, your daddy
0: What is a grown what is what is a, a a child doing in grown folks' conversation? Now this is a single mother. This is what I'm talking about. You have single mothers bringing... Their kids into grown folks' conversations. this is the dysfunction that goes on here in the black community. all right let's let's keep going. Yeah. Oh my daddy he uh, he' really gonna take care of me like that. <laughs> She's laughing. The mother's laughing about that, and the mother's feeding that into that boy's head. Oh, he don't take care of me like that And that's funny That's funny to the mother Yet you pick that man
2: he only, buy me games. he only buy me games and
0: stuff He only buy me games and stuff Aren't you the one wanting video games young man This is what I'm talking about This is what's in the black community Okay Now I'm gonna go all the way Hold on in one minute show you something right here right here this this is the part that's that's um, that's annoying you have this boy all up in your grown adult business.
3: Until I, I see that that man
0: deserves it. That's mine. Do you hear that? And Kendra's not even kicking off this woman off the line. The minute you see a, a child and grown men and grown adult conversations. Kendra should have been like, okay, keep that kid off the line. He got to get off the line. It's just me and you. All right. But no, Kendra's not doing that. And he's talking like this. It's mine. Imagine if a if a single father did that and had a daughter and the and the daughter says, "This is mine." Until I say you could have it. Do you know the uh, the backlash that will be that will be coming for that man? Imagine a single father and his daughter says that. Imagine a single father have his a single father has his daughter and Kendra G, and the daughter says, "No one's gonna get a, a a piece of my daddy until I say so." Chris Hansen will be on the line. Child Protective Services will be there in a heartbeat. But this is okay. fair use <laughs> Kendra. Kendra. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. this is funny to Kendra this is funny to Kendra this is funny to Kendra G this is why you have you have some black men go into other ethnic groups or go into black uh uh countries where black women do not act like this. This is pedophilia. This son husband crap. This is this is practically borderline pedophilia. If you don't approach me How you gonna know if I'm mean Or I'm stuck up I'm not stuck up You talk to me Look Nobody is gonna With a right mind Is gonna want to be With a woman like this And unfortunately The only men That's gonna be interested In being with this woman Is for sex Okay And this is how And this is how Black women set themselves up To only be good for one thing And that is sex You're not willing to put things that are important You know You're gonna put yourself with just that Sex When women are this rebellious pedophilia Was bound to pop up Yeah Yeah That's basically it That is basically it Because No man in their right mind is gonna put up with that But unfortunately this is what they This is what they Put themselves around Okay. That is who they are. Women who act like that. All right? And they don't they don't deserve a man because the way you're acting okay. And you cause yourself to be in, to be targets for men who don't want you and just want to use you for sex or or end up abusing you because You are not willing to put uh, To sacrifice To make sure your kids have a happy Childhood Just like that woman Who let You know Sex get in the way of Being a good mother to that two year old son Now both are dead Both of them are dead I don't feel sorry for that young man That young man he's He's gonna get it in prison Wherever he go, he he, his life is finished. He could be dead sooner or later. He he's gonna his life is over. He gets convicted. He's going to jail. Once they find out what he has done, it's a wrap. But I hold that single mother accountable. She did that to herself. She got herself killed. She got her her son killed. But this is the type of culture I showed you with that little clip right there. That's the type of culture. That is in the African-American community. The low-income African-American community. Okay? And you you could have women that are, you know, probably doing nice for themselves, got their own house, but they still act in this type of way. They still have that degenerate behavior. A son-husband. And mark my words, I I would not be surprised if when that kid reaches puberty or worse... They are molesting their own own, uh, sons because they can't get a man. And they'll choose to do that to their sons because he's controllable. I can mold him to be what I want him to be. This is why I, I, I can see why domestic violence is so high in the black community. With nonsense like this. And I hope that father, like, reports her Because that's child abuse That is child abuse right there And she's just laughing it off like a clown Like this is nothing Anyway Let's get on to the next story Kelly.
4: Breaking news, the jury convicted R. Kelly on six of the 13 counts he faced in the federal trial, while his co-defendants have been acquitted on all charges.
5: And our WGN's Julian Cruz is joining us from the Dirksen Federal Building with the very latest on the verdict read there in the courtroom. Julian.
6: Well, Ray and Mike, a stunning moment here at the Dirksen Federal Building. R. Kelly uh, in the courtroom as they read the verdict.
7: 12 months that a jury has convicted him Uh, his co-defendants daryl mcdavid and milton brown were both acquitted however were very vocal uh, in their joy uh, at being acquitted, uh, McDavid actually shot out of his chair, raised both his fists above his head and proclaimed yes uh, before the court staff headed to Ryan to quiet down a little bit, but McDavid then exchanged some very cheerful hugs with his defense attorneys Vadim Glosman and Bo Brindley. Uh, McDavid also hugged him. Kelly, uh, gave him a quick little peck on the cheek as well after the verdicts were read out. Uh, as Kelly was being led out of the courtroom, uh, Milton Brown attempted to give him a hug as well, however, U.S. Marshals' office uh, got in between them as no... Physical contact is allowed But you can hear Kelly tell Brown Quote I love you bro As he's being let out of
8: the
0: courtroom it's quite a... I, I don't know man I mean everybody's free And you're going to jail for, You're going to prison for life And you may not survive So um, I don't know how everybody I, I, I don't know if that would be my feeling You know You about to do some serious time And possibly face violence or sexual assault I'm just saying, man. Tell everybody you love. I don't know. Seeing and we heard
6: R. Kelly's attorney, Jennifer Bonjean, saying that Kelly is used to getting bad news. Uh, this is a mixed verdict, uh, you know, six of the 13 original counts, uh, but uh, as uh, Jennifer Bonjean discussed, you know, R. Kelly uh is is devastated you know he, he's in, in one regard he's happy that this is behind him but uh, he was already
7: looking at a 30-year sentence in new york so we're talking about decades of additional years exactly right a 30-year sentence handed down to him my judge in new york earlier this year uh those convicted.
0: count four child pornography <coughs> count five obstruction of justice count six receiving child pornography Count seven, receiving child pornography. Count eight, receiving child pornography. What else? count
7: thirteen, the of decades, so enticement and sexual abuse can read the rest. Just quickly, the conspiracy charges uh, seem to just fall to the ground. I mean, that's got to be a deployment for the government. More than likely, uh, the conspiracy charges were, I would say, those... Complicated uh, arguments that uh, prosecutors had to present to jurors and you know even for the reporters in the room watching the arguments unfold It was tough to follow sometimes and obviously that Kelly was acquitted of all those charges as were his co-defendants But again the the convictions on the child pornography and criminal sexual abuse uh, charges should mean a multi-decade sentence whenever that happens Sam Charles, thank you so much for your hard
6: work during
0: this trial. Decades. You're not getting out. Decades. And you're going to have black people still trying to defend him, too. Still trying to defend him. Still trying to see that he's somehow a victim. Like, he's railroaded. Uh,
6: so just a, an incredible moment here in Chicago's a federal courthouse. And uh, a scene uh, that uh, I think none of us expected uh, but quickly uh, jurors deliberating just over 10 hours including a few hours that they deliberated yesterday and as we have said before even though uh, kelly was acquitted on some of those counts uh, he is facing some serious jail time micah and ray back to you
9: let's go to dana Rabbit right now with the latest thank you julian Hi, Ray and Micah. As Julian mentioned, R. Kelly's attorney, Jennifer Bonjean, spoke here in the lobby of the Dirksen Federal Courthouse after this verdict was handed down. She said that this is closure now on a chapter in many people's lives, including R. Kelly, and she said she felt that this was not a loss, that they did win more counts than they did lose, Uh, as Julian mentioned, uh, and that she was pleased that the jury looked at each charge and each count separately. Uh, as he uh, Julian said as well, um, she said that R. Kelly, of course, uh, was disappointed, uh, and here's what she had to say just a few moments ago uh, on his reaction to the news this afternoon. It was a mixed verdict, um, but we won more counts than we lost. You know, listen, Mr. Kelly
10: um, is used to bad news. Um, he has a 30 year sentence, which is
0: and excessive in my view out of New York, in a case that never should have been charged the way it was charged so, you now this is, he's still Excessive? The amount of crap he'd done? Messing with Aaliyah when she was 15? All those stuff he did with these women? These minors? Giving them diseases? I'm sorry, no, 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 no Justice is done Justice is served You know? And all you black people thinking that he's innocent, he's not innocent. Okay, there's no one aboutism. Okay, what he did was wrong. <clears throat> what he did was wrong, and he has to pay for it. That's it. You want to listen to his music, fine, but just understand that when he was talking about all those, when he was talking about all those females in those songs, just remember he was probably talking about underage girls. Remember that when you want to listen to his songs. Just saying.
9: R. Kelly had any uh, signs of remorse uh, over these counts and she said that she would not comment on any private discussions that she's had with him but she hinted uh, that at sentencing that her client may speak to that. Live in the Dirksen Federal Courthouse, back to you, Rain Micah.
11: right, Dana, thank you.
9: Now earlier we did hear from the co-defendant's attorneys, this is their reaction after the verdict.
12: These people should never have been relied on this case should have never been brought against Darryl McDavid. And we are so grateful for having the honor and the chance
13: to defend him, to prove it. They stood tirelessly beside me for three years. And they stepped up. And they got the job done.
0: Well, he's finished. R. Kelly is... Finished. That's basically it. He's finished. That's something. He's just music that, you know, you will have some black folks playing it at a cookout. You know, they don't care. But <clears throat> you'll have those that will wise up and be like, nah, we're not playing his music anymore. He's gotten over on us one too many times. It's time to have a new slate. He's got to go. He has got to go. And that's just how it is. All right. There's no other way around it. All right. <clears throat> Cops failed to protect own informant from rape, then charge her with a drug crime. Sad. A woman in Alexandria, Louisiana, was allegedly raped while serving as a confidential informant for police officers who sat oblivious nearby during the attack. Officers with the Rapides Parish Sheriff's Office had sent the woman in the house to make a meth buy without monitoring her in re- in real time. The ranking officer in the sting operation was Lieutenant Mark Parker, who told the Associated Press that the RSP. The RPSO had never monitored in real time as confidential informants did stings, though it was starting to doing doing so now. We've always done it this way. Parker told the Associated Press she was an addict and we just use her as an informant like we've done a million times before. It's not the point, man. You, you, you abandoned her. The woman was serving a confidential informant after being arrested around a month earlier. Confidential informants are often people who've been arrested for minor crimes and get offered leniency in exchange for helping bust someone else. Aside from showcasing yet another tragedy of America's pointless and destructive war on drugs, situation raises questions about handling of confidential informants. There are people that police send to, in, into potentially dangerous situations and should have the duty to protect them. This situation, the woman sent to buy drugs from a suspected dealer was wearing a hidden microphone and camera. But the equipment did not transmit to the sheriff's deputies in real time. Instead, they left her on her own, waiting for her to come out with the dealer. Antonio D. Jones allegedly forced her to perform a sex act on him twice. Authorities never considered such an attack might happen, and the devices the woman carried didn't have the ability to transmit the operation to law enforcement in real time, the AP reported. This is sad. They all need to be fired. Every last one of them. Fired. It was a recording, but no one. <clears throat> it was recording, but not to where my guys were monitoring it, said Rapids, Paris Sheriff Mark Wood, blaming the January 21, 20, 2021 incident on his experience from only being in the top job six months at that time. There are always things you learn that you can do better. The case in this central Louisiana city of 47,000 underscores the perils of confidential informants face seeking to work off criminal charges in loosely regulated and often secretive arrangements with law enforcement. Police rely on informants in a wide range of cases, compensating them with money or leniency in their own cases, yet often providing little or no training. David Redman, Reedman. A longtime Seattle police police officer who now leads training on such things said the case highlights the vast disparities in law enforcement undercover playbook with many agencies lacking the resources to properly train officers or monitor informant drug buys. We do this 10,000 times a day around the country and not everybody has transmitting equipment, Redmond said. Is this tragic as hell? Absolutely. We need to learn from what happened here. No, this is this is stupid. This is stupid. You test the equipment before you go out and use it. This is not rocket science. You test the, inform- the, the equipment before you use it. Law enforcement use of confident inform- or confidential informants is akin to a black market in which deals are made under the table and often undocumented, said Alexandra Nepoff, a Harvard law professor and leading expert on informants. Not only are informants treated as disposable pawns, she said... But qualified immunity has been made very difficult to sue the police when things go off the rails. Yep, there goes that quant- that uh, qualified immunity. They need to modify that. Modify it or get rid of it. That's what needs to happen. Modify it or get rid of it. After the assault, the woman left the house and told the police what happened. Jones was subsequently charged with a second degree um, rape and false imprisonment in addition to distribution of meth. Last month, the rape charge was reduced to third degree rape. Whoa. Three, le- three weeks later, the woman who served this concert as concert informant was charged with possession of drug paraphernalia. She's been pulled over and booked on possession charges at least twice since then. the Associated Press. She pleaded guilty to possessing drug paraphernalia last year and was placed in the behavioral health court in Leo of jail time. Wow. This this is disgusting This is disgusting Now nobody really wants to help law enforcement Nobody wants to help law enforcement now Why would they? Why would they want to? Law enforcement messes up You can't sue them That's sad This is insane man Nobody wants to help um, the police. When you need help from the police, <laughs> nah. Okay, so uh, let's get into the next story right now. Uh, I gotta say this, man. I never really agree with anything Kevin Samuel said. I didn't. I didn't agree with everything, but the reach this man had. Wow. And you'll see. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. All right, here we go.
1: term elections coming yep. up. I want to turn to Georgia, which is on everyone's minds because less than two months out from the midterms um, and at the center of the conversation among many black men, that rarely happens. And I want to center black men today. Right now, we could be looking at a split ticket. Senator Raphael Warnock is leading in his race against Herschel Walker, but Stacey Abrams is behind Governor Kemp. Now, Abrams says if black men vote for her, she'll win. But the math ain't really math.
0: Hold on one second. Let me let me pull that back right here. Okay. You see, I I will not. I cannot really <clears throat> take seriously the Republican Party when they say there is no racism. When you put a man here who has who's suffering from CTE, okay, severe head trauma, all right, this is what the Republican Party could come up with. A man who's suffering brain damage from playing NFL against this man right here. Okay. This is why at times I would say that and I I do believe it that it's the same party. Why would you put this man suffering uh head trauma against this man right here if this is your opponent? You would put somebody who is black, who is capable and competent to debate a man that's your opponent. That's all I'm saying.
1: she'll win but
0: the math ain't really math in there and i know yes if the black men vote for her she'll win it's always about them that's what it is about the democratic party it's about emasculation putting you know destroying the black community with the family structure that's what they're that's what it's about the woman is on top the man's at the bottom
1: And Terrence Woodbury, he's a Democratic pollster and CEO and founding partner of Hit Strategies. Cliff, I do want to start with you since you're um, on ground there uh, in Georgia. We'll get to the uh, the debate between uh, Walker and Wormack in a second. But just being on ground there, Cliff, what do you make of that? Like, I, you know, are black men large in number enough to decide this race for Stacey Abrams? Or is this just a headline that's, you know, more yellow journalism and sensationalism than truth?
14: Yeah, good morning Tiffany. Great to be here with you. Um, yeah, I mean obviously, you know, black males, black men voters make up enough of a block where where we can be a part of what the difference is. And we gotta keep in mind we're talking about a state where in the presidential election in, in 20 the difference was famously those eleven thousand seven hundred votes that, that trump was trying to find someplace. Um so, so in a situation like that, yeah, black men as a voting block can be a big part of the equation. And you know, whether or not they come out, we come out. Black men in Georgia come out and, and support Stacey at the same rate that black women do. Um, is a legitimate question, you know. Now, certainly, uh, black men aren't going to bear the brunt of, of what happens in this election on their own, no more than black women should to bear the brunt of it. You know, some some white folks going have to wake up and and actually do the right thing in the state if they if they wanted to move forward. But I think that it is smart to to, to raise this issue. Because um, at the end of the day, and, and you know, we hate to admit it, but there is some number of, of, of black men that will just just refuse to vote. It's the sexism, it's the patriarchy that just... Re-
0: Look at him. It's the sexism, it's the patriarchy. Patriarchy is what built the known world. Okay? Patriarchy is what keeps families together. Alright? Now, if the black woman chooses somebody that is not... You know, makes a poor choice in a person to be her to be her leader and her husband. That's on her. It's not the patriarchy's fault. And sometimes there are issues that you know they they come together and they're not really compatible, or they just not incompatible. They're not willing to to endure and work out the marriage. That's it, and it falls apart. It happens, but it doesn't mean patriarchy is bad. Okay, and the fact of the matter is is um, <clears throat> a lot of black women have been fed liberalism and feminism for so long that it's brainwashed them and they feel they're equal to a man when they're not and that's why families fall apart. While Meanwhile, these white feminists could go home to their families and black women go home to a bunch of kids with different last names or a man that they didn't really want or just a lonely bed at night. That's it. They always bring a soft, effeminate man to interview. Straight blue collar men don't vote for liberal policies. Yeah, they don't. Because um, those type of men understand where the work comes from. Blue collar men, they are laborers. They electricians, they understand Republicans are about, you know, the Republican Party is about structure and stuff like that. Even though they're just as bad, they're about You know, safety, progress, building things, okay? This is where the blue-collar worker, that's where their money's built on, okay? They'll always have a job with the Republicans, okay? Can't have that with the Democrats, because Democrats are really just going to be for the destruction of the black family, all right? Okay, let's keep going. Hillary Clinton in in um in sixteen, and that's an issue that we have to address again. That's not the majority of us. The fact of the matter is, is um, you're having a party that's bringing alphabet mafia into your communities and uh, destroying the family, having your children, you know, walk around like targets. Because that's what they're trying to bring into the community And they're trying to destroy the black community But too many on the left Don't see that Which you have blacks who do And that's why they go to the right They don't want that We're already having drag queen stories Time in schools now Okay
14: that and we have to be willing to call that out and call it call it what it is
1: yeah Terrence you're on ground doing uh work doing polling there and so I think Cliff raises a really good point which I want to dig into but Terrence I want to ask you just for the math part because I don't know that it's fair to lay this at the feet of black men and say yeah you guys cost us the election because black men overwhelmingly vote uh democratic and so as a pollster I'm curious your take uh on this conversation around black male voters in Georgia
15: Thank you, Tiffany. You know, the the truth is that the the democratic support gap between uh, men and women is not unique to black voters. There's a gender gap amongst all voters where men are more likely to vote conservative. Now, when you look at the math here, Stacey Abrams lost in 2018 by 55,000 votes. Had black men voted for Stacey Abrams at the same rate? as black women she would have had 120,000 more votes so there is math there the the challenge is that since 2018 Republicans have doubled down on their efforts coordinated and and, and expensive investments targeting black men targeting men of color and in in 2020 we saw Donald Trump double his margins amongst black men in Georgia a difference of 370,000 votes the gap between black men and black women was the difference of 370,000 votes in Georgia. And so we do have to close that gap and while that is not unique to black men and we see that gap amongst all men of color. The difference with black men is that they were democratic voters. These were Obama voters. And and some would argue that they were they were only Obama voters. They were never in fact democratic voters and that is where Democrats have work to do to prove that since 2020 they have made progress on the issues that matter, the, that matter most to black men and that they have a plan uh, for, for black men to forward. All
16: right. So, so we, so Cliff mentioned Hillary Clinton, Terrence talked about Obama. We have to take this thing back a decade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why am I wearing this shirt? It's my alpha shirt. First of all, we Fine. vote, but here's why. Black men are the second most loyal voting bloc of the Democratic Party. Who's number one? Black men. So let's just be real clear who black men are voting for. 2012 There was a nine point gap between black Men and black women Obama Romney so people try to Make this out to be about totally Sexism that's not true with two men Running and black men black men Were not happy with Obama
0: They felt yeah because Obama was supposed to be that Change he was supposed to be That you know we're gonna Combat racism we're gonna deal With the police brutality and Obama Was just a good puppet That's what he was. He gave everything to the alphabet. He gave everything to other... um, He gave everything to every other ethnic group, but he didn't help out blacks, all right? But even um, in Illinois, all right? I remember when um, the election for president was coming up for Obama, right? And even the blacks in Illinois were saying... You know, Obama was a horrible person, a representative, a, gu- uh, a horrible senator, okay, for the city of uh, Illinois. He was horrible, okay? The blacks didn't like him, and then when he became president, we understand why, okay? And Biden, Biden just taken up where Obama left off, okay? You see what... He's not giving reparations, but he'll give he'll give you crack pipes. That's what he'll do. He'll give you crack pipes. How about that? Or he will give you vending machines with drug supplies and condoms to help drug addicts. Yep, that's what he'll do. Oh, he won't help out the black farmers. Nah, he won't do that. You know? That's what he'll do. Or make some nice cliche, like, get your booty to the pole. Yeah. Yeah.
16: He should have done more. Because on the issue of economics, criminal justice, and no things along those lines. And so what then happens? You go to 16. Now it's a 13-point gap. You go to 20. Now it expands. But here's a race people ignore. And Terrence knows this as well. Tom Tillis, the architect of voter suppression in North Carolina, was getting around 18% Uh, as well. Why? Because Democrats were ignoring that constituency. Black women also organized and mobilized the force of the Democratic Party to pay more attention to them. In many cases, black men within the party have not actually done that. So what you're seeing are black men who are saying, you're not paying attention to me, you're ignoring what's happening when it comes to economics, you're ignoring me when it comes to the critical issues, and so what the Democratic Party has not done is create a specific strategy to target those individuals because it comes down to numbers. Warnock beat Kelly Leffler by less than 100,000 votes. And so you're the Democratic Party and you're to- you're just ignoring these numbers. What did Terrence just say? You are ignoring the potential to win. You should be trying to get every vote. And I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out here because someone has to say it. The fundamental problem with the Democratic Party is that white strategists are controlling the money, mm-hmm. are controlling the strategy. Yeah. Yes, African Americans are having input But if you're trying to win, you better listen to black people. You better fund these initiatives. Otherwise, you're going to lose. And that gap is going to widen.
1: And fund candidates. Fund candidates. Instead of meddling around in Republican elections trying to put one over the other because you think they're easier to beat, fund Fund candidates. candidates, But
16: also off-year strategies. you can't come talk to black men in the middle of September, the election is November, and I called it. They should have been doing this in January after Biden got inaugurated to build up a program. So when elections come, now you properly. Pre- yeah, and invest
1: in black media, brother. We know that. Black media. owned. Black,
0: yeah. on- black owned. Give me a break. You guys, <laughs> black owned media is a joke. <laughs> you guys are so divided. <clears throat> You depend on the white man for your money. Any Anything that is that you try to make black owned, you're going to cave into white supremacy. This is why I can never be pro-black, because it's always some attachment to white supremacy. You will have some sort of attachment. You won't tell the truth about um, things that will help black people, but at the same time, will make you an enemy of white supremacy that is paying you, okay? And if that's how you feel, don't talk about being pro-black. Don't talk about being black-owned, okay? Because in reality, to do to have something that's actually black-owned, you're not going to do what it takes, all right? You're not going to tell the truth but what needs to be said. You're not going to admit it because... It will cost you money from the white massa. Okay. Guys will stab each other in the back just to make some money. Get cut each other's throat for masses, buttermilk biscuits. These has got democratic is a joke, just as bad as the Republicans. But the only way to, if you want to keep these black feminists in line, you'd have to vote Republican every year, every year to get to keep them on their knees black media media will be like oh i'm pro-black but i'm pro-alphabet pro everything else that's destroying the black community that's basically what it would be pro-black media
1: Feel like they're ignored or they're put down, and particularly sometimes even by black women in the media. So this is not that. But I do hear Rollins' point that I felt ignored. But you feel ignored, and then you go over to the other side. The oppressed feel oppressed, so then you go and try align with the oppressor. So I'm-
0: first off, okay, you're telling these people that they should stick with somebody that's mistreating them. Okay, stick in a bad relationship with somebody that's mistreating them. Oh, I'm mistreating you. I'm cheating on you. I'm doing all this stuff, but you go and find somebody else who's better than me? How dare you? Oh, because I won't, um, I won't give you something in return for your vote. You're gonna go somewhere else? How dare you? These. Watch what else she says. I'm not putting black men down,
1: but sometimes it's like, well, some of you, Kevin Samuels, following Tariq Nasheed, quoting people. Please. Look at the truth and see what's happening, and get in
0: line with some of the black women. Is majority? Wow. Wow. That's what you want to say. That's really going to make us want to get in line. Wow. This is how narcissistic and how out of touch these feminists are that they could really say that, and they think that that's going to make black men want to vote for them. Vote for the Democratic Party. No. Like I said, I don't agree with everything Kevin Samuel said. But his reach, I have to respect that. I have to respect the reach. Because it's really burned a lot of black women who are feminists. It burned their pride. Okay? Because so many of them are mad, angry over a man has basically told them the truth about themselves. The ones that are feminist, the ones that are dysfunctional, the ones that are think they could be a 304 and they deserve a family, or they think they have eight, four, five, six baby daddies and they think they're a wife material and someone told them they're not. But, you know, it's not something, anything new. I mean, they probably had family members who told them that. And, you know, they probably got blacklisted, those family members. Probably had people telling them all types of stuff that was wrong with them. They didn't want to hear it. But then there's like, Kevin Samuels Who who is he? And these black the, the Democratic Party is mad. That's what I think. The Democratic Party is mad about Kevin Samuels because now they don't have black men under the plantation anymore. Mind and mentally that is. Feminists really believe men don't have a brain. Yeah, they do. They don't. They really Think we don't have a brain Okay They also think our, our That we have the easiest life Yet we our, our sex is the one that built Most of the known world How could we have an easy life If we are the ones that built most of the known world I don't get that There was a woman uh, uh, A feminist lesbian She did try to pose as a man For a year She tried to do it for a year but within, I think, six months' time, she had to quit, and she ended up killing herself. She couldn't take it. All right, but this is how this is, this is how they think. They think black men are just still in slavery that they got to obey the black woman. No, we have a brain, okay, and they're not gonna put up with this nonsense. Nah, they don't have to. Either we vote Republican or don't vote at all. That's it. Let them suffer. Okay? But if you really want to stick it to these black feminists, you would have to vote Republican every single time. That's the only way to shut them up.
1: From your people and go advance Policies that harm
0: your people I just don't understand That excuse me you, you, The policies that, that Are made with Democrats Isn't harming black people This bail reform These unisex bathrooms Joe Biden Saying that Schools won't receive lunch funding unless They have unisex bathrooms Putting crack pipes in the Community isn't going to harm Our people? Hmm? Instead of helping drug acts to to get clean, you give them, you help them with, with their drug addiction? Hmm? Where's that reparation money from Joe Biden? Didn't he promise that? Hmm? You trusted a man who made the crime bill That he said he would give you reparations These black feminists are just for themselves As long as they have the right to delete kids And have the right to have random partners They're all happy That's it They don't care about the black community
14: Shout out, you know, as, as Roland mentioned Is Alpha Phi Alpha Cert You know, we've got a program where we reach out to Divine Nine And, and a has been one of the, the Organizations that was most aggressive At getting involved, like answering the call And reaching out to
0: <sighs> Freemasonry, yes Freemasonry Divine Nine Alpha Nine, all that Freemasonry crap Oh, that's done so much better for the black community Martin Luther King was a <clears throat> Into that he got taken out because he realized he was bringing black people into a burning house uh, yeah uh, man I don't even want to listen to this dude no more clown utter clown okay utter clown But that's basically it man I mean they want just to have debauchery and degeneracy rule over america and they want black women to be on top okay over the man dysfunction but yet you see all the other ethnic groups they have a a husband and wife together a family together yeah you may have um those that have baby mama problems and stuff but that's not something to look up to But in the black community with the Democratic Party, okay, you have baby mama drama, women having eight, six, five kids by 11 different men, and that's something to be proud of. That's in the black community. And when you talk about that, you're wrong. And you want to talk about policies that hurt the black people. But no one's talking about, hey, why don't we stop this single mother epidemic? Black women having kids out of wedlock Let's stop this Let's put that on the ballot Oh we don't want to do that You're telling her what to do with her body And then you want to call out Kevin Samuels And Tariq Nasheed Okay Men that actually see the problem Alright, like I said, I don't agree with everything Kevin Sanders said There's a lot of things I don't agree with him on And I definitely don't think of him He should be uh, Someone to put in the same Level as Martin Luther King That's just delu- delusional Okay But he was saying some things that made sense As he's not saying anything profound Because there's many other people before him Who have said the same thing They just didn't have the reach As he did Okay That's about it. All right. All right. Let's get on to the next one. Next one. dead all right sorry for the little delay okay here we go got you all right so we're gonna talk about something here about uh this liberal agenda, the things that they're trying to bring into the community, all right, I can't show you much, I don't want to get dinged by YouTube, so I have to do a little creativity here, all right, here we go, Right here, we're going to be talking about uh, this, um, basically, a former drag queen exposes the agenda behind the uh, drag queen story time and the symbolism. Let's get into it.
12: LGBT community means that you're positive and that you are...
0: Hold on one second. In one of his pictures, he
12: had on a green dress with a biohazard symbol. The biohazard symbol in the LGBT community means that you're positive and that you are a quote-unquote spreader so you will have sex with someone you're talking about hiv yes hiv you will have sex with a person who is not positive in order to infect them yes there's the image of the biohazard symbol which he uses in a lot of his different costumes and so that means that you're infected and that you're willing to give it to someone else because there are people out there unfortunately that are so demented and deranged that they want to get HIV because they feel like
0: if they get it now mind you this is all on un- this is going on under the Biden administration okay drag queen story time being put in different different schools all across America and this is this is this is what's going on okay they're trying to groom kids
12: sex with whoever they want to um so that's just one of the symbolisms he uses he also dresses up as a pig and one of his he wears a pig Snipping dirty butt i mean <laughs> this is what they do this is like they have... it's funny but it's true
17: And one such story is being covered at MadMamaBear.com with Tracy Shannon and Kevin Witt once again doing the legwork here. Church plans drag event for children with satanic drag queen convicted on charges of conspiracy to murder several classmates. Why that person is even allowed anywhere near children is another issue in and of itself. But of course, if you say you're liberal, you're gay, you're here for pride, then bring in the rapist, bring in the conspiracy to murder criminal let's bring them in here but it gets even worse than that but i want to bring tracy and and kevin in now tracy with mass resistance texas and mad mama bear and kevin who's been doing a lot of great work with them as well formerly a member of the drag community himself and then left it now the liberals hate him Uh, of course they do because he tells the truth about them uh, guys, where do you want to begin with this story? Because, Kevin, I, I want to go to you on what we've learned about these individuals, stuff that you recognize from your days in this community, little symbols, little symbolism, little words that they use that most people wouldn't recognize. Um, but let's start with Tracy. When you wrote this story, I mean, what I usually find out is okay, you scratch the surface, you start to dig, and then it just gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. I mean, how, first of all, it's it's bad enough that they're inviting these drag queens to, to children's classrooms to begin with, but then you find out one was already charged of conspiracy to murder? I mean, what is it like, Tracy, covering these stories?
10: I mean, it's just shocking that people will just not do their due diligence, not even consider checking the backgrounds of the people that they're holding out as role models for children. So it's just shocking. And really, when Kevin and I were looking at the... Um, social media for this particular direct queen, we were freaked out. And another activist was, um, you know, hearing about it. And we were sharing with her, uh, Kelly Nider, I think you know, where we're sharing with her the, what we were finding because we happened to be on a phone call together when we discovered this. And she was freaked out. I and mean, it's just creepy. This is not the kind of stuff we even want to have, like on our computer and on our phones because it was just that creepy all this occult stuff that this particular drag queen had on his social media
17: yeah like they see somebody like they'll see a priest in a trump hat and they'll say he shouldn't be allowed anywhere near kids but then they invite somebody who's who's known as sexual degenerate and deviant with a conspiracy to murder charges and they invite him into the classroom now kevin you were noticing going through this individual social media and you sent me a bunch of images i, I didn't send them to the crew but maybe they can find them or pull them up where there's different symbolism and, and, and phrases that he uses that it's you know it's slander, it's slang, uh, excuse me, slang inside the, the trans community, the drag community that you were noticing that I guess these teachers don't realize what he's communicating
12: through these posts. No, he was using, um, in one of his pictures, he had on a green dress with the biohazard symbol. The biohazard symbol in the LGBT community means that you're positive and that you are a quote-unquote spreader. So you will have sex with someone. You're talking about HIV. Yes, HIV. You will have sex with a person who is not positive in order to infect them. Yes, there's the image of the biohazard symbol, which he uses in a lot of his different costumes. And so that means that you're infected and that you're willing to give it to someone else. Because there are people out there, unfortunately, that are so demented and deranged that they want to get HIV because they feel like if they get it, they will already have um, gotten it because they're going to get it anyways. Now they can have unprotected sex with whoever they want to. Um, So that's just one of the symbolisms he uses. He also dresses up as a pig in one of his, he wears a pig snout in one of his pictures and the pig symbolizes a nasty pig a nasty pig is a gay man who is into um pee poop urine like um armpits like sniffing dirty butt i mean (laughs) This is what they do. This is like they had. It's funny, but it's
17: true. They used to bring Ms. Kitty litter, Ms. Kitty litter, to these children events. It's because he likes to lick butt. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. uh, This
10: is what they bring to your kids, folks.
12: God. (laughs) These people are so demented, and they are okay with it. This dude is into all that. On top of the fact that he obviously has a fetish, a fantasy of murdering people because it would be different if because that whenever that happened, he was 17 in high school. According to him, he was really bullied. Okay, great. But you have not changed because the pictures on your Facebook of are of you. Well, that one image that you saw, he's like eating a dead body, it looks like. So he he's into all that still. And that's just not the type of person that needs to be around children. If this church that's having this drag show cared remotely about children, they would have done research, done a background check on this person. I found his real name, Jason Kettle, in a matter of five minutes, just by looking at his Facebook. So it's not hard. It's a simple Google search. And and by the way, this is
0: it's not. Third drag queen caught, convict is exposed as a sex convict. This is what they're trying to make normalize for kids to be around drag queens, and parents are bringing their kids to these drag queen club events too. This is scary.
17: Not like this is a new phenomenon of symbolizing things with what you wear. It starts. I mean, a lot of people know about wearing your wearing your pants below your 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 butt. When you're in jail means, hey, I'm okay to be sodomized. Now they turn that into a pop culture thing. They don't even know what they're representing. But it's the same thing. It's like, hey, look, I got my pics now to end. If you want to poop on me, down it. Like, invite me over later. We'll have a whole thing. So, but it'd be one thing if they were doing this in their own private time and they had their own bars and everything. Like, I wouldn't be covering it. I don't want anything to do with it. It's not me. But they're bringing it to the children's classrooms. Tracy, you've been dealing with this since I've met you like five years ago talk about when you first started with mass resistance and the stuff that that we were fighting against then to the levels that it's reached now
10: right i mean initially started out parents were concerned and taxpayers were concerned that they were having promoting basically gender ideology in the libraries with drag queens because that's really what this is all about is promoting the lgbtq sexual ethic to children and so we were opposed to that but none of the um Nobody wanted to hear. Sorry about that. Sorry, right, the feds are um, calling you right now. They want to arrest it.
17: you for talking about this. <laughs> I
10: mean, nobody wanted to hear about it at our city council in Houston. They were—they acted like we we're homophobes and transphobes. So after a few visits to city hall and some protesting, we decided to really check the backgrounds of the of the um, drag queens that were performing in Houston. And when we did that, we saw just that they're. Their performances are filled with erotica and kink and fetishism, and of course, we went a little further and found that they were prostitutes, porn stars, uh, transsexual dominatrix for hire, and Two sex offenders that were in the program and no background checks were done. And most of the time background checks are not done. It's because, you know, when when it involves one of the favored minorities, and in this case, a sexual minority, um, liberals with an agenda do not want to even do due diligence. And, but if they cared at all about kids, they wouldn't be promoting drag culture to kids because drag culture is not for kids. It's full of drug use and uh, just pornography and hypersexual activity, uh, you know, using poppers, which are to um, relax the sphincter muscles, so they could, you know, get gang-banged by several men in a row and and, sho- and shove larger stuff up their anuses. I mean, this is what the culture is, and, you know, we're not being honest about it with this love-is-love love business and this Hallmark uh, card type of videos that they put out during well, all year now, not just Pride Month, and so let's just be honest about what you're promoting to kids and what it leads to, like the bug chasing that um, Kevin was.
0: Yeah, I. This this is crazy, man. This this is insane. This this is insane. It's
10: it, oh. Talking about, and of course, now we found that you know this particular drag queen, you know, had planned to kill twenty of his classmates with another. A friend of his when he was in high school and by looking at his social media we can we can clearly see that the bloodlust hasn't stopped with him
17: it's just folks you're listening to this i understand if you haven't seen this before it sounds ridiculous it's ludicrous it's almost hilarious this is it is hilarious kind of this is what they're bringing to children's classrooms and they're calling it pride they're calling it liberal they're calling it tolerance it's none of the above it's degenerative, it's sexual deviancy, it's perversion, it's sexual grooming, it's child abuse is what it is. Do it on your own time, leave the kids
7: out of it. It's the fourth.
0: So, that's what I have, uh, so I'll show you a small snippet of that. Whew. If I'm still here on this. Yeah, it was, it was, I'll be thankful. If I'm not here on this anymore, it was nice knowing you guys bringing you that truth I hope you guys enjoyed it <clears throat> <clears throat> OMG why are people not protecting their children anymore the only thing I could say is the fact um, a lot of people don't like being parents that's what I could say a lot of people it's sad to say a lot of people have kids and they don't like kids that's the only thing, that's the only reason I could see that That's the only reason why I could see a parent Taking their kid to drag queen story time You don't love your children That's it You don't love your children And you're a single mother You gotta be a single mother too okay? Single mother that's completely liberal Devoid of reason Your kid is your best friend That's your son husband Or that's your little home girl That's your daughter Home girl but you've been around And she's been alive Or for some reason that's your home girl That's your your daughter I don't get that But that's the only logical Three logical Reasons why a parent would bring their kid To a drag queen story time They are trying to drive us all crazy So we delete ourselves (laughs) Well Um Hey if you (laughs) If you saw the pictures You (laughs) Yeah I saw the pictures, so <laughs> you didn't have to. All right, um, let's on to the next story. Cause that 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 was horrible, man. It's just homeschooling for the win. So I could tell you, homeschooling for the win. Now we're going to be talking about Puerto Rico. Let's see if I can get this going. Puerto Rico. Talking about what happened with them right now. Okay. Okay, let's see what's going on here. All right, let me fix this real quick. All right. In the meantime, I will switch it over to something else. That is what I will do. Yeah, we'll talk about this.
14: Yeah.
18: where Atlanta police about to give an update in the case of Alania Lenore.
4: The 24-year-old woman was last seen July 30th at an apartment complex on Peachtree Street. So let's get you now right to Atlanta police with that update.
1: Everybody rolling?
11: Yes. Okay, good afternoon. I'm Major Peter Malecki with the Atlanta Police Department. Uh, To my left here is Lieutenant Jermaine Deerlove. He is our homicide commander. And to my right is investigator Scott DeMeester, um, he ended up being the lead detective on this case, and he serves as a member of our complex case investigation. So we're here today to provide a little update on uh, what started out as a missing person case from August 1st for 24-year-old uh, Alani Lenore. I'm sure you guys are familiar with the case. Um, on August 1st, we received a 911 call reporting 24-year-old Alani Lenore missing, um, as with missing persons investigations, that case was immediately assigned to our missing persons unit, where they uh, began to follow up on that case. Um, thanks to the media, we did uh, push out at Bolo for that missing person, and we began to receive numerous tips and information that gave us a starting point to, uh, to work in this investigation. Within the first 24 hours of this case, our missing persons unit was able to utilize technology and video information to discover the last known location for Alania. The initial investigation showed us that Alania was last seen during the early morning hours of July 31st at 1660 Peachtree Street, which is the Peachtree Midtown Apartments. By this point in the investigation, we also determined two male individuals that were at that apartment with Alania at the time of her disappearance. Those two males were identified as Deontay Reynolds and 25 or 29-year-old Stephen Oh, I can't
0: wake him up. So it's Instagram to the rescue for my... Hold on one minute. <sighs> Let's get that ad.
11: Stephen Abate. At that point in the case, uh, we quickly began to realize that there may be some foul play involved in the disappearance of Alani. At that point in the case, we turned the investigation over to our complex case investigators where Detective Demister uh, took point on this case. So um, we were able to determine through uh, technology and search warrants that were obtained in this investigation, approximate locations where we believed um, Alani may be located. We did know that she did not, at any point, leave 1660 Peachtree Street on her own accord. We do believe that she had died inside of the apartment and that it was potentially relocated to an undetermined location. We conducted numerous manual searches at areas where technological evidence suggested that uh, Alani may be located without success. We utilized the assistance of cadaver dogs, homicide detectives and entire police recruit classes at this point we have developed enough evidence to suggest that alania was murdered and that her body was disposed of we have secured fulton county arrest warrants for two individuals one of those individuals is currently in custody at the fulton county jail 29 year old deontay reynolds the second subject we are going to ask for the help of the media and the general public to locate. He is 29-year-old Stephen Abate. We do believe that Stephen is located somewhere in the metro Atlanta area. And so we would again ask that if anybody has information on his whereabouts or any information regarding this investigation, that they would please contact the Atlanta Police Department or Crime Stoppers and provide us with that information. So keeping in mind that this still is a very open, active investigation, um, our ultimate goal is to locate the body of Alani and be able to provide closure for this grieving family. Uh, but we will take some questions that we are able to answer at this point. Were there, were there any or tips that, that led you to that? I know you said it was... Uh... Like technology, but were there any leads or tips that led you to that location you know, as far as where you believe she was skilled? So, so that's the great job that our missing persons unit did right off the bat. And again, every missing persons case that we get, we, we investigate aggressively. We take each one of these cases seriously and we're able to utilize anything at all at our disposal to locate this individual. So in this case, uh, it was an exigent um, request for a phone company to get a last known location. And that's what led us initially to that apartment complex.
3: Did know the two gentlemen prior to that night?
11: So, we do believe that they did have a brief uh, acquaintanceship or relationship. Um, they were not complete strangers at the point of that night inside of the apartment. Did Reynolds
15: turn himself in, or was that
11: a.? He was apprehended in Conyers, Georgia, yeah. and, then, yeah, and then transported to the uh, Fulton County Jail. Are
3: there going to be any charges potentially for the third person who was there with
11: them that night? The uh, woman. Was with a so no, at this point, we are still exploring everything. The evidence we have at this point does not suggest that that individual was culpable in the disappearance uh, or death of Alani. Do you believe that Avante is, is still in the metro area or maybe left the area? So, you know, that's where uh, we're really reaching out and asking for help from the public. Um, at this point, we do believe he may still be in the metro area. And certainly, anytime we uh, advertise an individual's face and let them know that they are wanted, um, we know that it increases the likelihood of that person trying to flee. But we also know that we are stronger when we work together with the community, and we are confident that tips will come in that will lead us to the apprehension of this individual. And what charges is Randall's, Randall's facing? So that, uh, both those individuals are chase, uh, facing felony murder and concealing the death of another. Okay. So that's something that obviously still being an open and active investigation, we're not quite ready to push out. The family thought that this might have been a
3: case of sex trafficking. Do you know if there was a motive?
11: So no, obviously we investigate every single aspect of every case that may lead us to justice for a family, but no, that is completely irrelevant to our investigation. And as I said, we are still trying to determine uh, motives and we are hoping that when we make this second apprehension, uh, we're able to interview this individual and in hopes that he will be cooperative to provide some of the, some of these answers and some of this closure to this family. All right,
3: one more question. Is the first suspect as he- anything? Is he cooperating with you all
11: at this time? So at this point, no. They, they have not been cooperative. They have requested counsel and have not not cooperated further in this investigation. We do believe that they know the whereabouts of Alani and so that is one of our hopes that during this second apprehension that we will get that information and be able to bring her home to her family. I'm going
2: to ask Investigator Demister to
19: hold those photos, specifically of like that Still wanted some
11: Can you hold up the other guy Did everyone get Steven or Barty? Yes. Okay. And then the second is Deontay. Put it in front right like you had before. And again, uh, Deontay is in custody at the Fulton County Jail. Major, can you say us about your personal last name? Sure, it's Peter Malecki, M-A-L-L, E-C-K-I. And we'll also email the
2: photos as
11: we have for those names as well. We'll yeah, so we we can we can email that out to you guys. Sure. Thank you. Wow. Thank you guys.
18: All right. Once again, we have been following this. Morning. Eleven Alive Morning News. So this is what we know. So far, the 24-year-old Alania Lenore's body has not been found. She was first reported missing back on July 30th, and then on July 31st, they first they actually um, the police department got involved. Two people have been identified as possible suspects here. One of them already arrested behind bars, and we are talking about that uh, person as being. Uh, Deontay Reynolds, he's behind bars. He's facing murder charges, also facing concealing body charges. But right now, Jennifer, as you know, they need the public's help right now to try to find the second suspect who has been identified as Stephen Bette. And he is still as, at large as we speak.
4: And police say that they have been aggressively working this first yeah. as a missing person case. We know that Alania Lenore was last seen on um, in the 1600 block of... Peachtree Street in the Midtown apartment complex. And police say they believe that is where she was killed, that she died there, she was murdered, and they believe she was then moved to another location. And they are still working to, as Ron mentioned, find her body at this point. Again, the two men, police she may have had some sort of brief acquaintanceship with them. So, again, 29 year old Deontay Reynolds apprehended and Conyers right now in the Fulton County Jail. Police say he is not working with them. He has requested counsel. They are at this point looking for 29-year-old Stephen Abate. They believe that he is in the metro Atlanta area. We're working to get those images to you. Police will be providing them for us and we will be providing them to you as soon as we get them here into our newsroom. But again, police do believe that 24-year-old Alania Lenore has been murdered and that is the latest update on this case. And um, again, they are searching for at least one outstanding suspect, and we'll get you that information as soon as we can get it. In the meantime,
18: I'm just going to point out right now that there's a lot of folks out there still looking for her. They actually hired a private attorney. This is what the family did. They set up an Instagram account with her picture on it. They're handing out flyers. So right now, police said that they need your help. If you know where he is, if you have any idea where he is, you're urged to contact the Atlanta Police Department immediately. This guy is wanted for. ...for murder. He's wanted for concealing a body as well. They can't do it alone. They need your help.
4: So we will continue to...
0: Okay. Sad story. It's a sad story. Um, I felt like it wasn't showing, you know, giving much detail about uh, what exactly happened. So I'll just go into it from what I got from a news article about it. Police have arrested one person they believe to be responsible for the disappearance and death of 24-year-old Elania Lenore. Channel 2 Action News brought you live update on the case from police on Channel 2 Action Live Action News at 3 p.m. Tuesday, in which they announced that they think that Lenore was killed and her body was disposed of. Lenore was last seen on July 30th, 2022 at the Peachtree Midtown Apartments located at 1600 Peachtree Street. Within the first twenty four hours of the case of this case, our missing persons unit was able to utilize technology and video information to disclose the last known location of for Alanya. The initial information showed that Alanya was last seen on july 30th, 1st at 1660 Peachtree Street, which is the Peachtree Midtown Apartments. Major Peter Malaki with Atlanta Police told Channel 2 Larry Spiro. Reynolds is charged with murder, concealing the death of another financial identity fraud, so they used their identity. Forgery in the first degree, tampering with evidence and possession of a controlled substance in Schedule 1 or Schedule 2 with intent to distribute. Atlanta police believe Lenore died inside a unit at Peachtree Midtown Apartments. We didn't know that. She did not at any point leave 1660 Peachtree Street on her own accord. We do believe that she died inside the apartment and was potentially lo- relocated to an undetermined location, Like you said. Police told Channel 2 Action News they are still searching for 29-year-old Stephen Obiti, who they believe is the suspect of the incident. Obiti has a warrant for felony murder and concealing the death of another. Nobody deserves to just disappear, said Jackson. Every day... Is getting harder obviously because the reality of time not being on my side for my daughter's side is hurting. It's painful, Jackson told Channel 2 Action News. All I know is that they said she was ID'd coming in but not coming out. And that police department said the investigation is still ongoing and anyone with any information is asked to contact the police department. Sad thing is, like, Atlanta is becoming. A criminal hellhole, okay, due to the, the liberal policies, and that's why you know <clears throat> that is why I could never take seriously when you know that black woman was saying that oh, so as we're not giving you what you want, you're gonna go over to the other side. That's making policies to hurt your people. Look with the liberal look what look at the liberal states okay and look at their crime rate see how that's working out voting democrat our ultimate goal is to locate the body of Alina and be able to provide closure for this grieving family maliki said at this time police have been unable to locate lenora's remains why was she there at that apartment with those two type of dudes could it have been a f- i'm just i'm speculating all right i'm just speculating what could a woman like that be doing in an apartment with those type of guys? Guys who look shifty, guys who look like they don't amount to much. What was she doing with those type of men? That's what I like to know. What was she doing with those type of men? It's just a thought. It is just a thought. I just like to know what was she doing with those type of men? Did she die of a drug overdose and was she into drugs? Did they give her fentanyl and she overdosed and they disposed of the body? I'm just, I'm just making speculation here. Because usually women who look like that don't really deal with men who look like that. Those two scruffy dudes over there. Okay. The mother of Elena released the following statement: "We knew that this was going to be a race against time, but until her body is recovered, we remain hopeful. We know that the tips from the public and all of the media attention has helped to get us this far in finding my daughter. We are asking for you to please contact APD or Crime Stoppers if you have any information whereabouts of the second suspect, Steven Obetti. In this case, says." Jeanette Jackson, mother of Alina Lenore. Sad, man. It is really sad. It really is. All right, so... um, Now we're going to take a look at... uh, Remember that man I showed you that wielding an axe in McDonald's? Well, he has something to say. So let's talk. Let's hear what he got to say. Hard Talk Radio live in four K. Okay.
14: All right, here we go.
13: My intentions were not to hurt anyone. My intentions were not to put anyone in a hospital or dice anybody up. The reason why I pulled out the hatchet was because, okay, I'm going to get back at these guys, but I'm going to make sure that they don't jump me
3: again. In this exclusive interview, Michael Palacio tells me he has zero regrets for doing this Friday morning.
13: most important thing is don't be afraid to defend.
3: Michael tells me things went south after a security guard ignored his request to use the bathroom. Michael, he admits he had been drinking, threw a punch. Video shows Michael on the receiving end of blows to the head. He tells me he has been jumped before and had had enough. He calmly pulled that hatchet out and police say started menacing people, smashed a glass wall and slapped one of his attackers.
13: You don't need to be in jail to learn lesson. I hope that the fear they felt that night is enough to never assault someone. Else.
3: Why did Michael have a hatchet in his bag to begin with? He's a messenger and tells me he just feels safer carrying it.
13: I'm always actually getting into it with drivers, which is what the Tomahawk is for. It's not for people. It's for trees and, you know, vehicles.
3: Michael is charged with, among other things, menacing and criminal mischief.
13: My intentions were not to hurt anyone. My intention is not to put anyone in a hospital Or dice anybody up The reason why I pulled out that hatchet Was because, okay Okay,
0: gonna- so we got to hear what he had to say Alright So, um It kind of have me thinking I mean That guy doesn't Hmm Some people said that, you know, he was, uh, he, he, uh, he was talking to a girl and the girl rejected him. And that's the reason why he went crazy. Okay. That's what they're trying to say. But the reality is, he was defending himself. He was drunk, he asked to, uh, use the bathroom, wasn't allowed to. And, um, he defended himself. (sighs) A lot of this is crazy, and, um... Strange story man A very strange story He ate those punches though Okay And the guy I don't know about him Trying to talk to some girl Because the guy looks kind of On the other side Alright Next story Okay now we're going to be talking about Puerto Rico getting to that.
4: Humbling Puerto Rico with dangerous wind and life-threatening rain. The storm is making landfall after strengthening into a hurricane. And the southern part of the island is taking the biggest beating as driving wind takes down light poles and power lines. Right now, the entire island, more than three million people, are in the dark. And power companies are warning that it could take several days to restore the power there. And take a look at this video, showing the real danger for millions of people, and that's flooding. Rising waters here sweep away a bridge in central Puerto Rico. Storm Team 4's Matt Brickman just got new information on the storm, but we want to start with News for us, Gabby Acevedo live in Ponce. He's the only local TV reporter in Puerto Rico tonight. Gabby.
19: Rana, it is pouring like the sky has fallen here in Ponce and it has been raining nonstop. For the past eight hours, behind me, a downed tree that is blocking access to a community in the center of Ponce. And that tree has also taken down some power lines. And that is the main story on the island, as you mentioned, as Puerto Rico, as if it was five years ago after Hurricane Maria, is in the middle of a total blackout. But the situation in the south coast is particularly extreme as Hurricane Fiona continues to pummel towns around this part of the island, making landfall not too far from our current location. Hurricane Fiona showing its might as we made our way from San Juan in the Atlantic coast to Ponce down south. Driving across the peak of the central mountains, cyclonic downpours were getting stronger by the minute. Just after 12 p.m., road visibility was low. Vegetation and down light poles were also major obstacles on the southern freeway, and as we entered the city of Ponce just after 1 p.m., it was evident hurricane Fiona was here, and she packed quite a punch. The wind battered infrastructure, traffic lights dangling, debris spread across roadways that accumulated significant amounts of water, making it treacherous to move around. Arriving at Ponce Central Plaza, local hotels were dealing with significant flooding, and as we scouted the scene, we found guests hunkered down with a level of uncertainty. She's moving really slow, says Diego Alvarado Pomales, a native of Ciales, a town in the central mountains of Puerto Rico. The memory of Hurricane Maria, almost five years ago to this day, still very much present in Diego's mind. <laughs> tells me we cannot forget that the proud people of Ponce have also been through a recent string of devastating earthquakes. Rana, and I want to go back to the point you made at the top of your presentation, the situation in the Central Mountains. We have been listening to local radio where there are constant reports from neighbors in those communities across the Central Mountains describing collapsed bridges, damaged roads, overflowed rivers. It's a repeat for some of these people of what happened five years ago, during and after Hurricane Maria. Reporting live from the city of Ponce, Gaby Acevedo, News for New York
10: at the island and its
4: people have just been through so much. Gabby, thank you so much for your reporting on the ground there. We hope you stay safe. Uh, Stormtrooper's Matt Brickman here just got a latest update and this heavy rain is very concerning.
6: Yeah, and we've
5: probably got close to another 18 hours of heavy rain before things start to change. Fiona, if And earlier this morning at 11 a.m., now with sustained winds at 85 miles an hour and likely to be stronger through the night tonight and into the day tomorrow as it begins to pull away from Puerto Rico and move towards the Dominican Republic. You can see the center of the storm just between those two islands right now. The heavy rain still on the east side. Will continue to soak Puerto Rico through tonight and through tomorrow morning. Most of the island under flash flood warnings. Up to ten inches of rain reported so far. Maybe another foot to go by the time the storm finally pulls away. You can see that big pink bullseye over the southeastern part of the island. There's is over a foot of additional rain, and similar tolls expected on the east side of the Dominican as well. Up to thirty inches of rain, all total possible for. Parts of Puerto Rico that would be that catastrophic flooding the National Hurricane Center is talking about. What?
0: So Puerto Rico is basically dealing with a lot right now. They are basically um, dealing with hurricanes, power outages and I don't know how they're really going to get through this. But the thing is, like, their power generators has also been uh, always shutting off. That's kind of strange. If I can find more information about that, then I will talk about it. Okay. And get to the next story. This story is kind of sad because this father, he was just doing his job. You know, he really cared about the community. And this is how it happens for him. This is how he goes out. Ah, sad.
4: Information about a young father fighting against violent crime in his community. As he falls victim to a violent crime himself. Tonight, family and friends of Terrence Favors Denson tell John Sherry they're following his example in fighting back his way. He had
8: known tragedy, held it in his arms, staggering from personal tragedy that shattered his heart. I saw her. Close family and friends of 36 year old Terrence Favors Denson, hurting now too. One week after, he was shot to death outside a neighborhood bar in Mechanicsville, just south of downtown Atlanta. The neighborhood where he was working to reduce violent crime and guide young people away from guns and gangs. Especially after what happened this past June to his own son. His 15-year-old son, Terrence, was shot to death, family friend to
2: Instead of going back and saying that I'm going to hurt somebody, he was going to the community saying, I want to save someone, and I'm going to save them in what way I can.
8: Terrence Favors Denson started an organization to try to save young people from violence, from the life of crime he led when he was young. Iresha Ridley, his cousin, says his mission consumed him.
3: He didn't want to repeat the cycle. He wanted to break the cycle. He wanted to build the community up. He didn't want them to experience the things that...
8: last month when someone opened fire at a softball game in mechanicsville killing one person and wounding five more it was terrence who ran in and helped save the life of one of the wounded a six-year-old girl we were there a few days later when community leaders gathered nearby terrence among them which is why they are determined to pick up terrence's mission and make it their own pastor radonis Bryant. that's what he was doing with book bag giveaways,
16: giving away food. You know, as I said, he was just trying to help the community.
8: Fearlessly. In Mechanicsville in Southwest Atlanta, John Shirick, 11 Alive
0: This is just horrible. He lost his son and he tried, to, he tried to do the right thing and he gets taken out too. I respect that man because a lot of Another father, he lost his son He went after the killers and he shot the killers Now he's in jail I respect that man, man I respect him He took that pain And he, and he used it he took, that, he took that pain And used it To build something positive that's what he did. That is what he did. And I I can't fault him for that at all. Prayers to that family. Prayers and I don't know. I don't know what to say. man. I don't. It's a tragedy, but people got inspired from his death and they'll carry on that legacy. They will carry on that legacy. Okay. Now to see what's going on overseas and it's not looking that good. It really isn't.
20: announced an emergency energy package for businesses including a cap on gas and electricity costs the energy bill relief scheme will fix prices for all firms for six months from the 1st of October the government (coughs) will provide a discount on wholesale gas and electricity prices for all non-domestic customers that will include hospitals, charities, schools and other settings such as community halls and churches which will also get help
8: Well, we know that businesses
10: are very concerned about the level of their energy bills. That's why we are putting in place a scheme for business that will be equivalent to the scheme for households to make sure that businesses are able to get through the winter. Uh, We're going to review it after six months. We'll make sure that the most vulnerable businesses, like pubs, like shops, continue to be supported after that.
20: All of this after the announced plan from the government to help households with their soaring bills for two years, which was announced by Liz Trust before Queen Elizabeth died. It's estimated that that plan could cost around $170 billion in the end. It's hoped that the latest support package will avoid mass bankruptcies and job losses across a wide range of industries. The ultimate cost of this plan depends on what happens to wholesale market prices between October and April, which is when the support is currently set to expire, although it will be reviewed. The supported wholesale price is expected to be $239 per megawatt hour for electricity and $85 per megawatt hour for gas. Germany, meanwhile, has agreed to nationalize its largest gas importer, Uniper, by buying Fortum's stake in the gas and that's designed to secure operations and keep its business going. Uh, and for more on the UK's latest plans, we can get more now from our London correspondent Alex Isaac.
2: Prime Minister has announced the first in what will be a series of cuts, caps on taxes to help with the cost of the living crisis as we head into winter. The Energy Bill Relief Scheme will give businesses a discount from October to March. Liz Truss said it would make sure businesses have that security through the winter. And, see some businesses have a reduction of 40% on their bills. Now, the government has set a supported wholesale price expected to be about £200 per megawatt for electricity and £75 per megawatt for gas. That's less than half the wholesale prices anticipated this winter to cut the bills. It will also be backdated for contracts agreed on or after April. It follows an announcement four nights ago from this Trust that household bills will stop from rising above £2,500 for the next two years. It's estimated that the two schemes will mean the state is paying more than £1 in every £3 of gas consumed. It is a welcome relief for many businesses but some say it's still not enough and we are expected to hear from more economic interventions this week with the chancellor closing carrying out a mini budget on friday this is alex isaac for real world
0: so as we can see is that uh things are going to get tight for a lot of people in europe okay uh, dealing with this in, uh, inflation, a emergency energy price cap. Parts of you know Europe, if you dare to heat up your food to a certain uh, amount of degrees, use the heat to a certain amount of degrees, you'll get you face going to jail. That's how bad it is. So people will have to learn to be prepared, stock up, because it's not pretty. Because soon America will be facing a dark winter. Hasn't gotten there yet, but food shortages, energy, energy crisis, and inflation. Soon we will be facing that dark winter. Okay. That's all I got for now. I hope you enjoyed the uh, stream. If you want to know anything about this channel, it's in the description box. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Later.